messengers will speak. Welcome to Sega Saturn Chiro, the only podcast that will save your balls. I'm Patrick, and today's Chiros are Ben, Dave, What's Nick, up? Peter, and myself. And uh, this week we are talking about uh, pinball games. Alright, so before we begin, let's do some personal updates. So I guess uh, starting with me, I've been... Uh, been pretty busy with the, a lot of the Shiro show with Dave. We've been doing a lot of production, writing stuff, writing articles, and of course uh, playing some pinball games. But it's uh, it's been going pretty good. I'm trying to think. Uh, I sent my ca- my Saturn for a a recap, so that's going to be interesting to get that back. And hopefully, I won't have any audio buzzing or any other issues because I think that was the big issue on my Saturn for the one I was using for capture. That there's a lot of buzzing and artifacts, but my other U.S. Saturn was fine. I'm kind of excited to get that back, and hopefully it'll get rid of that buzzing issue. But uh, besides that, uh, that's about it. What about uh, you, Dave? Uh, yeah, same. Shiro Show uh, kind of started as just us doing our standard, you know, like Friday streams, and Pat w- would always be a, uh, like a wingman. And uh, and then we were just like shooting this idea around like, oh, what if we make this actually into something you know so i don't know there were no like concrete plans it just kind of grew from you know it grew from nothing or just a standard stream into like this show i guess you know and um i'm really glad because uh it's been a lot of fun just uh you know writing the articles like pat said he he's been super busy this last week writing articles we've had nick contribute a few articles as well um Peter's been doing his regular best of Saturn uh, plugs that we've been getting in there and talking about some underappreciated Saturn games and just, yeah, spending a lot of time, uh, you know, spending a lot of time focusing on news that's been occurring in the, in the scene, in the community and uh, doing the show has been, uh, has been uh, really rewarding. And then aside from that, I've just been really kind of getting into more magazine collecting Uh, as a huge history buff. Um, I, I love collecting game magazines, especially ones that focus on the like 95 to 97 period of time where the Saturn was a viable console on the market. And I recently picked up uh, a large stack of Sega Visions um, from a guy locally uh, for 15 bucks. And um, I think like each one of these issues is worth 15 bucks, but I got like the whole stack for 15 bucks. So that was rad. And uh, so how many of them went excited. to the shredder? Uh, let's see the one about 32 X. No, I'm just kidding. There, there is an entire issue about like, you know, it was like play 32 bit on your Genesis now, you know? And, uh, I was looking at the, the amount of months between the 32 X issue and the Saturn issue. I was like, Oh my God, I feel so bad for those people who bought a 32 X at least back in the day. I mean, now I don't feel bad because 32 X, it, uh, it still has some fun games. And if you get into it now, it's in hindsight, but back then, man, it must have felt terrible <laughs> to be like one oh, of those I th- people. I thought you were gonna say, "Say I don't feel bad now." They were asking for it at that point. I'm like, "Dang, Dave with yeah, that hard." Uh... 
No, I mean, I, I, th- I think 32X can be fun to collect for now, but uh, in hindsight, you know, and we know what, what the good games are to focus on for the console. Um, it doesn't have that many, but, <laughs> but it's like back in the day, that must have been soul crushing, you know, to, to find out, oh yeah, they're just going to dump it and bring out the next thing, you know, so... But yeah, um, I've bagged and boarded all these magazines and uh, that scratched an OCD itch. And so, yeah, magazine collecting has just been what I've been up to aside from the show show. That's me. Yeah, I actually forgot forgot about bringing my stuff up, but I, this, uh, the collecting stuff, of the now that you mention it. But I also got a Dreamcast banner that was for the rental uh, the rental game. So it's like the, the rent before you buy thing with Sonic oh, on it. Oh, the standee. Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't a standee. It was a, it was a huge banner. It's like a... It's like a 12, 12, like a six foot by like six foot banner. That's it's like a huge, this huge banner. Didn't you just share a, a new acquisition, like a, a Dreamcast standee as well? Yeah, I also got the the power, the uh, Fantasy Star Online standee I picked up I'm as jealous. well. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty affordable. It was only like about one, I think the guy won 140 or something like that or something. Not too bad. Well, in standy terms, like the one standy sure. out of the Power Stone, I've been offered like twelve hundred for that. So I'm glad Holy he didn't ask <laughs> for that much because I wouldn't have paid it. Yeah. But yeah, wow. it, it was funny though because I want I saw him post that the banner up another guy and I was it was he was asking like for twelve hundred or something crazy and I was like I love it but I don't think I'd ever be able to pay for that but uh, he he like offer he was like you know what I overcharged for this and to be honest I I definitely overvalued it. And he like went less than half the price for it, so like 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 half of that and probably half of half of that. So is it like three four hundred dollars? But uh, it was worth for the giant banner. I need to clean it up though. It's a bit messy, but I'll uh, I'll probably get get that done and I'll hang it on my wall in front of me. But uh, yeah, besides that, that's it. That's that's my last update. So uh, what about uh, what about you, Nick? What have you been up to in the world of Panda, Nick? Man. Yeah. Oh man. Stuff. Pan- Panda Nickium or Panda Man. I didn't come up with the nickname Panda Man. So I, I don't know who originated it, but it wasn't me. But um finished the Parodius review. That was the first review I've done in the series on a cancelled Saturn game. Plan for Yeah, I just American watched that release. this morning. That was yeah. so good. I watched oh, it twice. You. I should <laughs> I, I'm gonna watch it again on the TV. I, I was watching oh, it while nice. I was folding folding laundry, but man, damn Nick, that video was so good. I'm glad you. Yeah. I'm glad you guys liked it. it I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna watch I'm, it again in my tub when I'm I'm taking yeah. a nice tub. So you got your little. It's a good bath viewer. Candles. <laughs> exactly. Got the candles. Got the got the sexy Proteus going. You know. You know oh, what. Nice. You know what it is. I do. But yeah, uh, that's what's up. Yeah. But I actually, was gonna leave a comment on that because I. But I actually forgot. Like I forgot to submit it. But I'll just tell you it here. But uh, sure. I th- I think one of the reasons I guess spoilers. One of the reasons why it was canceled. At least my opinion is, I think it was too anime. I think Sega and a lot of companies always like had this notation that that anime equals bad because really all the anime games or the anime style games were like re-Americanized, like Guardian Heroes, mm-hmm. uh, the the was it the Shining Force, all the Shining Force games, uh, like Gunstar Heroes, all Americanized, and I think maybe that was too anime for them to release. Yeah, there, there's a you know a multitude of possible reasons, and that certainly could be one of them. But uh, who knows? Uh, maybe the answer will come to light someday. But we know for sure they planned it, and they put the work into translating, and then last minute they just decided not to do it. Either someone at Sega or someone at Konami, one of the two. 
So uh, working on a review of Corpse Killer now, and um, that's next on the list of games that actually did get released in the United States. And I, I don't like to confirm interviews until they've been shot and in the can, but there I, I, I am reaching out to several people for it. And even if I don't get anybody, the PC version of Corpse Killer has a ton of behind-the-scenes interviews that were shot like at the time they made the film, or made the game, I should say. Um, so there's a ton of source material to sift through, and I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. I gotcha. And that's the, that's the one with the fake Jamaican guy, right? Yeah, 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 the fake Jamaican guy. He he is, in fact, a an American actor, not from Jamaica, and all his behind-the-scenes tapes, he's talking in an American accent, so it's yeah, it's definitely him hamming it up. I think the I think the, the hair he has is a wig in the, in the game. Um, Dang, that's a big yeah. disappointment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it just it's going to be good. Welcome to hell, sucka. That's all I can say about it. Uh, <laughs> Collecting-wise, like, I don't collect much, but... Um, I did get a friend to buy his Saturn. Bulk Slash sold him on the Saturn. He needs to replace the disk drive, though. So we, he unfortunately got a Saturn with a disk drive that doesn't like booting fake games. So That sounds like a, a good opportunity for a uh, mode. It does, yes. Or he a doesn't want to, He doesn't want to spend that kind of money on it yet. So he, he says yeah. eventually he'll, he'll probably get a Satiator once the, he's saved up for it. But, but he wants uh, a disk drive, though, right? He wants to keep that disk drive. He wants to be able to run some games. I gave him a, an official copy of Twin B Deluxe Pack to satiate him. No pun intended. To satiate until, him. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> until he gets a better disk drive. That's it with me. Right. What about uh, what about you, uh, Peter? What have you been up to in the land of Peter? Uh, to be honest, not too much, just because life is just horribly busy these days, so not a lot of gaming from me. Uh, but there is a couple things I want to uh, share, and uh, number one is um, I actually ended up picking up uh, two new transcoders. So I've actually had a transcoder for probably a decade. The uh, reason I picked it up is it allows me to you know, uh, grab RGB signals from the Saturn and then just pump them into my TVs. And it's a fantastic picture quality. But uh, having had this one for 10 years, it sort of started dying out on me. So I did pick up two new ones. One was from uh, Specialty AV. They're, they've got an eBay storefront. And then another one from RetroTink. And so um, both of them are, I would say, fantastic quality. Uh, I, it'd be difficult for me to pick one over the other. The one advantage that I would give to RetroTink would be that um, there's outputs uh, red, green, blue, as well as the two um, audio um, uh, left and right signals. You mean the component, or is it actually RGB out through three cables? So, you no, it is component, so it transcodes from RGB to, um, you know, YUV to component. Um, so they both require a power source, but they're both equally priced. There's no, you know, in terms of picture quality, that you'd be diff- it'd be hard pressed to find a difference. Uh, but again, the um, the one from RetroTank does split out its own audio, whereas the one from Special TV, you need a secondary adapter to break out the audio. Um, now I happen to have one, so it was no extra cost to me, but something to consider for anyone who's looking to pick one up. And just a quick note on that, like you know, so I still. Um, 
I don't use an OSSC or, or a Framemeister or anything like that. Um, I still uh, am able to pump an analog signal right into my flat screen TV, and so therefore there's no lag. Anytime there's a resolution change or anything like that, there's there's zero blackouts, there's no lag at all in input or whatever, so it's fantastic. And so now I've got you know two uh, different brands of working transcoders, and I absolutely love them. So that's the main thing really for, with me. And then the other thing I want to mention real quick is, last cast I mentioned that I was playing uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena, so I'm continuing to sort of make my way through that, but it felt kind of shallow there for a bit. So what I ended up doing is I ended up investing some time and I started watching the anime. So I'm I'm up to episode 6 now out of 13 in the first season, and the game is starting to make a heck of a lot more sense now. So it's kind of crazy that I'm doing this, but I'm also enjoying it and it's sort of fun. So so yes, I'll eventually uh, write an article about it. I uh, think it's super cool and it's a shame that we never got any visual novels i actually did have a question how far did you get in the game so far or did you take a break to finish the anime oh geez so how far have i gotten so utena's had a couple of duels now to um protect the rose bride and so my character is starting to have to you know we've been to the ball and um you know we're starting to find like this abandoned building that this one character Chigsaw seems to be able to go into and it's not abandoned and like so at times it looks like it's run down and other times it looks like it's fresh and clean I'm starting to learn more about the student council and the end of the world which is a character in the in the uh, game so I'm, I'm getting into it for sure but like I'm taking my time so that I can kind of pace myself and watch the anime as I go that works yeah because uh did you get to the baking class yet you know what? That's exactly where I'm at right now. Is the baking? Yes. Uh, did you actually finish that section, or did you just start that? Just just starting it. Is something cool about okay. to happen? Um, play it. You'll see. Gotcha. Okay. I know that your best of Saturn posts are typically scheduled ahead of time, so I realized, despite your super busy schedule, those those have been dropping regularly. And I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are on uh, on uh, Clockwork Night. As it is kind of a, you know, maybe in a few words, just, you know, because I know it's a divisive game among, you know, like half people love it, half people hate it. What do you think, Peter? Um, I think it's great. I think if you play the game today, it is wonderful. It's short, it's sweet, but it controls well. I think in 1995, it probably would have been disappointing because folks would have expected something better because it's, you know, on a new system. So, you know, you expect it to be maybe deeper or flashier. But now that it's all sort of behind us, I think it's it's fine. I quite like it. What about you, Ben? What have you been up to in the land of Ben? Well, the land of Ben has been uh, pretty busy lately. Uh, first off, we had that live, live stream, me and you, Pat, that uh, we did earlier this week. That was a lot of fun. And um, aside from that, I've been doing a lot of research on this whole uh, Castlevania resurrection uh, stuff going on with the, the disc that it appeared. Uh, shown up on eBay and just right before that just out into the open and in the wild that we didn't know existed and so um, I've been doing a lot of research trying to find any information about this disc or developers and stuff like that and so so that's been a lot of fun to dig into the um, 
on the collecting side, I just got a hold of something that I've been trying to get for years, and I'm really excited to show it off. Although I'll um, I'll make a video once it comes in because I'm I'm really excited and I can't wait for everybody listening to hear about it and see it. But I want it in my hands before I'm I'm really ready to 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 say what it is. I just wanted to say, Ben, I really enjoyed your yeah. guys' stream. I really did. Oh, I was watching it while I was driving, and we just kind of <laughs> had it on. My my son was, like, commentating in the back. He was, you know, he was the peanut gallery. But you guys did a great job. And also, you had some new guests on. You, or you had some new people in the chat. There was a guy from Taiwan. I think his name was James, was it? Or yeah. I can't remember. But yeah. I was really impressed mm -hmm. that... Uh, not only with the entire stream, but just uh, it was very entertaining and you guys had some cool guests on. So that was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I love when we have guests come in and start talking to us. It's just I think it's great. I love it. Yeah. And I'm glad you did uh, get to show off, um, you know, Necronomicon, because that's one that I that I've kind of like tiptoed around as far as our streams, just because I feel like it gets so much attention you know it's all mm -hmm. um but i'm glad that you did get to show that off so it's like we've pretty much covered all the games save for <laughs> save for a couple really bad ones but you also sent nick a package that i think is quite noteworthy i think it's yes. um i think it was yeah. awesome right oh it was extremely yeah super crazy generous I, I i'm excited to see nick away. use that so <laughs> i'm to, to alert the viewers or listeners in this case um, so Ben sent me two really nice Elgato lights that one would use for streaming and a very nice webcam, which one would use for streaming. Um, no, I'm not signing up on OnlyFans. Sorry. Just get that <laughs> mind out of your Damn head it. now. But, <laughs> Crap. but, um, this is the obvious, um, gateway into me starting to stream video games. So, wait, so um, does that mean I can plug my OnlyFans or are we not you, doing that? Well, I mean, you could. That's you sell your, some bathwater. Your decision. But, Patrick Bathwater, I'll, I'll, I'll pose like, I'll pose like, uh, I'll pose like naked with the Saturn covering my front. Yeah, like there you go. Saturn like in that ad. Yeah. But anyway, so I'll I'll be doing that and probably joining the Shiro show every now and again once I get That's everything set up. Awesome. But yeah, Ben can't thank you enough for that. Like I yeah oh didn't get a chance yeah, to thank absolutely. you over voice, but like holy crap, did not expect no, that crap. So absolutely, uh, t totally, you are all deserving of that. You're amazing in your cast, and uh, all of your pandemonium reviews are fantastic. You have a golden voice, and uh, yeah, let's get that image up there to to match that voice of yours. And uh, hell yeah, uh, yeah no. Totally absolutely. worth it. You, you are absolutely deserving. Hell yeah. So moving into the pinball games. I, yeah. I, um, I, I put a list in our chat here. For the sake of the listeners, there are seven pinball games for the Sega Saturn across all regions that we were able to find. And each of us were assigned one, and there were a couple of the weird, obscure ones that were that we all dabbled into, or, or at least many of us tried out. And we'll just go down the list here in order, top to bottom. The first in the list is um, Digital Pinball Last Gladiators. So tell us about it, Dave. What do you think? Um, I think it's excellent. I think that for the money, and it's still a relatively uh, 
cheap in quotations game uh, that can be had. Well, it can literally be had cheap if you get the Japanese version. And if you get the U.S. version, it's still, you know, pretty, pretty reasonable for a long box game. It's one of those games that just a few years ago would show up when you're scrolling cheap eBay listings, you know, and uh, next to like Offworld Interceptor and stuff like that, you know, and people might just think because it's cheap that it's bad. But actually, no, it's dynamite. um, The original Last Gladiators by Kaze was good enough as it was. And then they went ahead and remade it with the Necronomicon engine as a promotion for Necronomicon. And it even had a playable level in it. We discovered, I only discovered after I streamed that it had mm-hmm. a playable demo of Necronomicon included in the V.97, which was uh, version 0.97, which was released in 1997, nice. just, follow, just leading up to Necronomicon's release. And I imagine that releasing a game as a promotion for another game would have been something that they'd have done in Japan. It probably wouldn't fly here in America, but I mean, I just love sure. the fact that they're like, we're going to promote this new game by releasing a redone game, you know? I really enjoyed these two, these two games. I don't know, because mm-hmm. it kind of felt more like an expansion pack to me, where it's like, it's like here's Last Gladiator and here's Necronomicon, which is a little bit advanced and it has more boards. Mm-hmm. I really thought these are probably some of the best pinball games I've played on the Saturn. I thought the music was... The music just blew me away. It's some of the best music, not only in a pinball yeah. game, but in the, on a, on the Saturn itself. Like, I mean, even John was it John Pertucci from John Dream Pertucci. Theater did uh, Necro, Necronomicon, right? Or did he do mm-hmm. Glass Gladiator too? He he did Necronomicon, but I can only gotcha. imagine. So so Last Gladiators has an incredibly good soundtrack it with does. Um, you know blazing guitars. It's got it's it it really it really does channel the whole dream theater kind of aesthetic or, or, um, you know, sound aesthetic. And I can only imagine that they probably showed that to John Petrucci and said, here's what we did. You could make it this much better. And that's how they probably got him to sign on and be like, hell yeah, I'll do a pinball game. He just friggin' yeah. ran with it. Like did, did not look back. <laughs> even if, even if Necronomicon is people say it's the pinball game to get for the Saturn, if you're going to get a pinball game. And I don't, I wouldn't necessarily argue with that. It is more expensive because it's so damn good. And I don't want people to think that by getting the last gladiators, you're really compromising that much because the original last gladiators is great. Um, V97, which seems to be incredibly rare, the, the very limited promotional release in Japan, it does seem to be rare. It does seem to be expensive um, if you do find a copy, um, but you might be able to find like a disc only copy or something. The thing is, it has a better frame rate and it just feels that much quicker, you know, when you're playing it. I did them back to back on the stream and, and it's like Pat and I were having a great time with Last Gladiators and then we were like, okay, let's just try this other one. And it was like, wow, all of a sudden the frame rate's faster and the ball just is like hopping around just so slick. It immediately feels just more responsive and a little quicker. So yes, it's better. Yes, Necronomicon is better, but it's not that much better. And I still think that Last Gladiators is an incredible pinball game. I think Last Gladiators I, is definitely like the lesser digital pinball game, but it's still perfectly yeah. good. You know, mm-hmm. I had one issue yes. playing it today where my ball got stuck and I couldn't get it unstuck. I tilted and tilted and, and I had to reset. 
Like yeah, it, that, that happened right. to me a lot with a couple with a couple of the games where I mm-hmm. tilt it and it's like oh tilt detected and it just because I actually right. I don't know if it was this one or maybe another one but I got a multi ball and it got stuck on the top and all oh, of them got no. stuck and I tilted it and it was like tilt detected and it like killed the run, killed all my my multi balls like really I kind of like that me? though okay I like so here's the thing you can tap the shoulder buttons to kind of shake the machine and it is a little realistic that you can get away with it to a certain degree but if you right. do it too much then it penalizes you and that's it, very like, much a reflection of real life of pinball, real pinball like yeah like they don't want yeah. you shaking the machine they don't want you really cheating and you can cheat to a certain degree but it but if you shake a real machine too much it recognizes that and it penalizes you for it yeah um, so i just meant like realistic. just like for fixing things is the issue though yeah, yeah. i agree with that yeah and i think last gladiators at least for me that i had the most issues with balls getting stuck in that game but it's still perfect like Same. it's a great great pinball game for, yeah. for saturn but, uh, mm-hmm. i do so, have to ask what is your what was your guys favorite board personally mine was the was the the night one that one is my favorite one i love i love the theme i love the music i love the the, the cool effects and stuff that was like my favorite one what about you guys yeah the night one is cool you're talking about the roses yeah, the Night of the Roses the Night or whatever. Rose yeah. One, yeah, that's the one that we really focused on the most during the stream, and um, I did like that one. But I think personally, I do, and I, this is my own opinion. I like the gladiator themed one, like the 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 de facto, uh, 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 the first one that it dumps you into, is yeah. the, like the gladiator table, and I kind of like that. I, I would say that it's kind of like the most exemplary, I guess, of the of the of the game. And it seems like the one that's the most polished, like that they worked on the most. Um, I did notice this, the ball sticking thing that does happen sometimes. And um, I didn't notice it as much on V97, so, which really leads me to believe it that it's like they took all the art assets and everything like that and applied Necronomicon engine to V97. And so it's like a souped up version of that game. So if anybody can get, if anybody can get uh, V97, the Japanese release, do it um, because not only is it a rare, nice little thing to add to your collection, but it does seem like it's the definitive version of the game. Oh yeah, and this did come out in all regions other than V nine seven. That was locked Japan, but right the one before it did come out in all the major ones: North America, Europe, Australia, and obviously Japan. It is a Japan developed game by Kaze, and you know, perfect transition into their Kaze's next pinball game, which we've already talked about some, but mm-hmm. uh, the the. Uh, Hail Satan pinball game of the uh, of the Sega Satan. Saturn world, man, this one's so good. All right, like it gets talked about a lot, but for very good reason. Digital pinball Necronomicon is just something else. It's it's insane. Um, yeah. Locked to Japan that came out in 1996, November of that year. Wait, that was and, Locked to Japan. Uh, they did not release it in other regions. That was Japan. Weird. Necronomicon was Last Gladiators came out in all regions, but not Necronomicon is it only available in japan saturn game mighty unfortunate yeah, actually actually i did i actually wanted to bring up the cutscene too i forgot on last gladiator the opening cutscene where they showed the behind the scenes the musicians the cool videos for that oh that was yeah. pretty cool i like that's that. pretty sick Looks like Pat, uh, you were tasked with playing Necronomicon. That was your focus for for this cast. So, well, that's uh, good because that's what I did. I, I totally good. I totally didn't forget and play them all. <laughs> right, right. So, oh, so man. good. 
Tell us about your impressions. Um, so my impressions are the music was insanely good. Like right from the title screen, I was blown away. The music was rocking. John Petrucci showed showed his stuff and why he is the best of all time, the goat. The music it's is just nuts. unholy good. That cutscene, as cheesy as it was, that was pretty good. That guy with the freaking tablet doing the <laughs> the, the freaking uh, Necronomicon stuff, the HP Lovecraft looking stuff. But uh, I thought overall it was very... It felt more like an expansion pack than an actual new game. I guess to me it felt more or less the same as Last Gladiator. I played them both and I couldn't really tell much of a difference. I don't know if maybe that was just me. I probably if I probably played them a lot more and like compared apples apples to oranges or apples to apples. <clears throat> I probably could have figured what out what the differences are, but it's felt very similar. I don't know if anybody else felt that same way. You know, I thought Necronomicon was a little better. Um I think the tables were more refined. I, I think the obviously the music was incredible. Because you, you get Dream Theater up in there, it's it's you know you, it can't not be good. I I was <laughs> it was so ridiculous. There were many times where I kind of forgot I was playing a friggin' video pinball game <laughs> on a, on an old console because the music was just nuts. Yeah, the music is, is is too good for what it is. Yeah, like <laughs> it's so over the, the top. It's, it's, it's so like good. it's like it's like a it's like that one meme where it's it's like this is for video games like Beethoven making all this am- this amazing music. <laughs> yep, exactly. it's like just spits fire. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah, that's and people really need to like even if you burn this game like you need to blast it on a on a really loud stereo system. Yes, to have it like punch you in the gut and really get the. I mean, it just enhances the experience so much. Or if you have like a really decent pair of headphones, just blast, just blast it because I swear it immerses you in the game that much more. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I have a nice studio. For people that shot see the Shiro show, they know my my headsets are pretty legit. So like that, I like the studio monitors. Those it blows me away every time I listen to it. I was like, oh yeah, and it's that's so- important. That's important because with a lot of physical pinball tables, they spare no expense on the audio because they really want to immerse people in the table, you know? So usually they have like a set of Dolby stereo speakers or they'll have, they'll have some kind of surround system uh, with a lot of those pinball tables. Like the Terminator table, I remember, would just like hit you with all of this bass, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea is just to kind of immerse you into the table and, and really get your adrenaline pumping, you know? And um, this game emulates that really well with uh, with its focus on high quality audio. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've played all these different pinball games and you look at Last Gladiators and then Necronomicon, you'll you'll get the feel that you know that Necronomicon was definitely made by the same team that did Last Gladiators. And oh, yeah. so it's it's like it's exactly what it is, which is a more polished version of a continuation of Last Gladiators, which is exactly what you want because Last Gladiators is very good as as we've just mentioned. And um but the the feel of these 
particular pinball games is it's a very fixed view. You know, you got your digital display that pops up on the uh, on the screen in front of you and even in the back. It, it's very reminiscent of how a actual pinball machine feels from about, you know, the 90s period. Yeah. And so... So it's it's really rock solid as far as how the gameplay works. The physics feel good. And I, I just as a pinball lover, these are the games that you're going to like and just initially. They're the serious man's pinball games like, you know. Yeah, they're, they're big think that, boy pinball. I think talking what what we what I discovered by doing this cast or preparation for this cast is really how good some of the other pinball games are, because we already kind of knew these games were great. And uh, I would agree with Ben that uh, Last Gladiators and Necronomicon are just like, they're like brothers. You can tell that they're cut from the same stock. I would argue that V97, if you get a copy of that, you're basically getting all of the Gladiator theme tables with the Necronomicon engine. And it plays just as good as Necronomicon because it literally has all the refinements. Um, But yeah, it's like, these these are the serious pinball tables and and they're the games that are almost like guaranteed that everybody's going to like them but there are some other pinball games that are actually like really really decent and hold up i would say almost side by side with these games or at least very close yeah i think i think at the end of it i was more disappointed than anything that these aren't real machines that i can play right mm-hmm. same i'll always have the the sound ringing in my brain of the eight balls or so in my multiball thing just like bouncing back and forth off the table while John Petrucci is just friggin' shredding it and screaming in the background like hey, it's something else. I didn't know how like deep Necronomicon was until I listened to uh Game Master Chaz, who was commenting on Ben's stream, you know, talking about like strategy and stuff like that, you know, like he has a strategy for every game, you know, because he's yeah. like an extreme gamer. But uh, but yeah, no, he he's gotten real deep with Necronomicon and Last Gladiator. And he was just like saying, you know, telling me things I, I had no idea with this game. Overall, I really enjoyed both of them uh, a lot, especially especially uh, Last Gladiator. I kind of preferred a little bit more than Necronomicon, but Necronomicon still had rock and music. But it's it's really hard. It's like it's like an inch away from each other. But I kind of overall kind of preferred Last Gladiator, in my opinion. Right on. But uh, yeah, did we want to move on to True Pinball or True Something Else? If you didn't really care for this game too much, uh, Ben, you were assigned True Pinball. You unlucky bastard. I know. Okay, so I got to remember which one this one was. This one is, I believe, the one that had the floaty ping pong um, dynamics and the the ball that just kind of didn't feel quite right, if I remember. Is this correct? I believe so. Yes, that's an accurate description. It was actually by Dice, which I thought was interesting. Welcome to Main Menu. Please choose desired All right, so this game, what was interesting about it is when you fire it up, you think it's going to be really good. It looks pretty clean. It looks like it's going to be really neat seeing things going all over the screen. This one looks like kind of your early 2000s pinball machine at the arcades. Okay, so... All right, cool. We got ramps. We got everything. We got a lot of lights. Let's hit the ball and we go. The problem is the instant you hit that ball... 
you notice something slightly off. It feels a little floaty, like almost kind of like you're hitting almost like a ping pong ball. And then the, the ball just keeps disappearing into the stage. And so it's hard to keep track of where you're at because how the, the screen is shifting a little bit. And so there was a lot of times where if it had just stayed back on the screen and uh, I could actually keep track of where this ball was going, at least where it was not hidden, but it, the, the hidden parts where it just kind of goes away from you and rolls off into the background, then you're like, oh crap, where's the ball going to, jump out you almost have to just continuously hit the flippers just so you can catch it just in case it kind of goes around the side and just whips out on you so so that would be my my major complaints about this pinball game and uh but as far as aesthetically it looks really neat i mean it was a uh it was a very colorful game and really um interesting to look at but when you just it didn't have that polish that uh last gladiators or necronomicon had that's a very yeah. generous criticism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, th- I think my issues with it is that I thought it was okay. The boards were kind of kind of not great. Like the I think the worst one probably is the the uh the babe map. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, like that that was the, like the the car horn effects the the music was just awful compared to mm-hmm. anything. Like that was the worst music and I wasn't a big fan of the pre-rendered look the pre the pre-rendered uh graphics on it. It felt just fake compared to stuff like uh like last like last gladiator and necronomicon they sucked me into it feeling like oh this is like a real machine that's in front of you versus this one's like oh this feels like uh, my windows uh hyper pinball or the windows pinball machine thing it's oh. it just feels fake oh yeah like it's it's not even trying and it's and it's and it's like it's not even the Saturn's fault because if last gladiator and like necronomicon could make it feel like a real machine then what's uh what is true pinball's excuse? It's more like true garbage, if you ask me. <laughs> What's funny is y'all mentioned the audio as being crap, and I, and while you know you get into Last Gladiators and Necronomicon, and it's just thumping, and you just love that audio. I honestly don't remember the audio from this game, which means it's completely forgettable. And yeah, forgettable. yeah so memorably bad. I will always remember the Norse singing with reggae music on the Vikings table that, like, I had to turn my game off 10 seconds in. I haven't gone back to the Vikings table because I can't stand it. Yeah, I think, and speaking of that, I think, I don't know if maybe it was just me being dumb, but I could not figure out a way to change the board. Once you select it, it's like you have to reset the game to change your board. It doesn't have a good UI. I had that issue too. Yeah, I I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, overall, I think it was pretty disappointing. Uh, I wouldn't say it's true. It's it's definitely not true for sure. Right. No, not true. Not true at all. True garbage, true trash. True lies. (laughs) Oh no, kidding! No kidding. Yeah. Yep, streets of L.A. But, it's just uh, not not good. Yeah, but uh, I don't think did Peter. Did you get a chance to play this one at all? No. Good. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right, you did uh, yourself a favor. <laughs> I I yeah, will admit I played fine. it. I played it for a very brief period uh, before it locked up 
on my satiator because I was having issues that day. Yeah. And subsequently, I did not put it back on. <laughs> like I put you a bunch of I put much. a bunch of pinball games back on my satiator, and I was just looking. I was like, okay, I guess I didn't put it back on because it wasn't worth putting back on my satiator. So. Yeah, you, you didn't miss anything, so don't don't yeah. even fret. So if anything, you guys did a, you did yourself a favor by missing those two. But, uh, but did you have anyone have anything else on true pinball, or do you want to move on to a better pinball game? Just if I could make one quick comment, it doesn't seem to be a very common game. It's not out of all the pinball games, it just it doesn't come up very often in auctions. I've never seen it in the wild, so I don't know if it's had a low print run. I'm certainly not trying to you know egg anybody into making a purchase on this game because of uh, your review there, Pat, but it's not one that comes up very often. No, yeah. no, it really isn't. And it did come out in all regions, all the major ones at least. So, um, yeah, that's strange to hear that it doesn't come up. It probably just sold terribly. Um, but yeah. In my know. opinion, I think it's one of those games that should be deleted from history. Like, just destroy the rest <laughs> of the copies of it. I don't know if it's... It's not that bad. It, it's not... Okay, so yeah, it's not that bad. It's just that there's so many much better pinball games on the Saturn. So yes, it's like bad yes. by comparison. It's not worth your time for sure. Yeah. If you like pinball games, I think it's worth taking a, a try at it and just seeing okay. how it feels because it definitely has a little bit of a different feel to it. It does, yeah. To be fair, to be fair, I think it actually was the second my second least favorite uh controls and flipper motions in that game. But ball physics are important and it and I I love it when a digital pinball game has like where there's like a feeling of weight to the pinball. And somebody mentioned pin, uh, ping pong ball. That's exactly how I would describe it, like a styrofoam ping yeah. or a ping pong ball. It just didn't feel like it had any kind of weight, which means that you'd hit it up to the top and it would kind of float there for a while before coming down. So whereas like a, a real pinball table, if, if it's heavy, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of float for a second and then come down really fast and kind of accelerate as it comes down. And it needs to feel that way. It does, gotcha. and it does not in true pinball. False pinball, more like. Inconsistent. Inconsistent pinball. pinball. Thank you, Ocean. Thank you, Ocean, for the inconsistent pinball. We're used to getting disappointed by Ocean, so it's all good. Exactly. All right. So I had pro pinball. This is from Interplay. And I thought going into this series that this might be the worst one, just because it only has one table. But then true pinball came in and changed my mind. So pro pinball... It only has one table. It's called The Web. The Web. Some kind of, like, slightly cartoonish cyberpunk thing. No Keanu Reeves, just some weird-looking chick with giant claws for nails. But but, did uh, the, but my question is, did it actually yes. play competently and it actually did it what did. it was supposed to do? So it didn't give you, like... It didn't give you the wrong ending like like it did for me when playing Cyberpunk. Right, it does not give you the wrong ending, and and it and it does run well. It it the the frame rate stays consistent, and your graphics card doesn't melt when you play it. Um, Fair enough. You don't need a thirty eighty. Right, right. If you have a thirty sixty, you'll be fine. Right. So, gotcha. looking at the back of the box, um, you'll see there's a quote from a, a man named Rick Setta, a uh, supposed five time world pinball champion, and he says. The ultimate and most realistic computer pinball game I've ever played. And I think realistic is definitely what they were going for here. If you've ever, like, 
you ever seen like a real pinball machine in person at someone's house and you like switch it on you see all the lights go back and forth and everything in the machine's kind of waking up for the first time the game does that when you start up pro pinball like mm-hmm. you see the table in front of you, you see the lights going back and forth you hear like clicks and stuff as it's turning on it's 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 very much like a pinball emulator if that's a good way to describe it it's trying its hardest to be as realistic as it can possibly be while still respecting the fact that you're not really going to see a whole lot of what's going on in the upper half of the screen which a lot of these pinball games kind of go back and forth on i think with digital pinball necronomicon and last gladiators they respected the lack of your ability to see the upper half of the table and didn't put a ton of stuff on there pro pinball is it is probably put like the maximum amount of stuff in the upper half of the table that it could possibly put up there without it getting frustrating or too cluttered or too difficult for you to see what's going on. And I do like that. Like I love the I love the single view pinball like this where it's like you're actually it's like a your POV point of view. Exactly. It's like you're standing there in front of it. Yeah. Exactly. And that's sort of what I like about pinball games and why it's some some other games in the pinball series, the games we did were not as appealing to me because I guess in my criteria it's important to one be realistic like point of view two be a fun experience, have cool gimmicks and cool right. like themes. And mm-hmm. this one really did. I think uh, one of the coolest actually gimmicks that I liked about it was the the video mode itself where you actually play on the video screen. Yeah, it's got some of that action. I actually don't know. I actually never played a pinball game that did that. And so I don't know if there's pinball machines that actually have you play on the screen itself. Lethal Weapon 3 does. I've played a real Lethal Weapon 3 pinball machine, and that is a lot of video modes. Uh, great pinball machine if you ever see it but pro pinball does that too and you see the little dot screen in the top half just kind of covering up the very top of the table but not covering it up too much um so it's 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 attempt at being very realistic and very true to a real pinball machine is is also where this game starts to fall flat because about all the pinball games this is by far the most basic it's so basic that it's like it might not be worth your money compared to other games that are good and have multiple tables in them. This just yeah. has the one. It does it extremely well and it's very realistic, but you're not going to get a lot of mileage out of it unless you're one of those people who can get in front of one table and spend hours and hours on it just like digging into its deep machinations and trying to crank out as many jackpots as possible. If you're into that you stuff, you'll probably like that, this. Yeah. Yeah, I right. just didn't find the the web itself, the table, that compelling. Uh, you know, I, I would, yep. I can understand if this was like a, a pro pinball recreates a famous pinball table, you know, in digital form, um, that it would be like an instant buy for me. But like the web is, it's kind of a no name table, and it doesn't really do anything that like makes me that wows me to be honest with you yeah i'm like necronomicon has a definite personality right this doesn't really it's just so overly basic so painfully basic is like how i describe it but you did mention that you feel like it probably is the most true to life or the most realistic i think it's the most realistic um one of the bunch for sure when judged when judged by that criteria like how realistic it is or how true to life how do you feel Necronomicon or Last Gladiator stands up next to it? Those are pretty realistic, the digital pinball ones. 
but you know they go over the top with some of the special effects and right um the tables in digital pinball are not as complex especially in the upper half but to the game's benefit because it respects the fact that you're playing on right. a four by three monitor you're not yeah, playing you on a long that. table screen thing um and and it does that really well and what it has on the table is all very well designed and it's all very fun to play and um it I would say that Pro Pinball is probably slightly more realistic just because of its extreme dedication to it emulating a real physical pinball machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean it's more fun. That does not mean it's more fun. No. I think the, the issue <clears throat> I had with that is it was so realistic and I enjoyed it so much that I actually wanted to go out and play a actual pinball machine. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I haven't played one in about two years because they're, of course, because of the global thing going on yeah uh, that i was like the conventions i go to that have all these pinball machines haven't been going on for the last two years so i've been really itching to play some actual pinball like because a lot of places by me it's either arcades or nothing they don't have a lot of pinball machines so mm-hmm. i really need that pinball itch and i have a feeling that when i go back to the convention the zetcon i will literally just spend the entire time playing pinball Peter, you had Hyper 3D Pinball. How was it? Uh, you know what? In a word, excellent. And I know that we're not all going to share that opinion, so I'm just going to kind of give you an overview of my experience with it. So mm-hmm. uh, Hyper 3D Pinball did come out uh, everywhere, although in Europe it was called Tilt. So for our listeners across the pond, uh, this is Tilt we're talking about. So Hyper 3D Pinball. It was uh, put together by NMS Software, um, it's got six tables. It's covering. They cover all the sort of traditional pinball table themes. So we've got you know Road King USA. We've got like a fun fair. Uh, there's a space table, a gangster table, like a medieval table, like a, a Frankenstein table. So a real good variety. So that's so that's a plus. Um, and the tables themselves are obviously varied, not just in theme, but in how they're put together. So some of them just have the two flippers at the bottom of the table. Some of them have flippers um, at least on one side in the middle, and some of the tables even have flippers at the sort of upper end of the uh, of the table as well. So that's actually kind of cool. Um, I found the physics to be pretty good too. Uh, the balls feel quite heavy. They're not at all floaty. Um, they do, I found playing through the tables, they, the balls do tend to kind of come right down the middle more often than you'd think would happen in real life. Right down the middle. Although the game does employ like a pretty complex tilting system. So um, the way it controls is your left and right shift keys um, control your actual flippers, whereas left and right on the D-pad controls how you kind of rock the, the table. So rocking it left versus rocking it right is going to affect which way the ball actually comes down the table and that's actually a neat level of depth and there's also a bump feature so not only can you rock the table a little bit from the left or from the right but you can kind of bump it from the front and that gives a different effect as well so I found it fascinating because as I started using the the tilting and the bumping, sometimes I would tilt it the wrong way and then the ball would like just come straight down the middle exactly where Craig Stadler would probably say is great but not good for this pinball uh, game. So like once you got used to the tables themselves, um, you know, learning that that tilting mechanic I thought was really uh, fascinating. Um, another cool thing about this game is it actually comes with two views. So you've got your standard overhead two-dimensional view. So um, this view is 
sort of fit to your screen, like to the width of the table. So you naturally won't be able to see the entire uh, table all in one sort of viewing. So as the as the ball kind of shoots around, the camera follows the ball. So that's cool because you are zoomed in pretty nicely and you get to see a lot of the details on the tables, but there's a lot of disadvantage to that. So first of all, if you if your ball is going like at 100 miles an hour, then it really kind of gets difficult to track it as it scrolls up and down all the time. Um, yes. The other thing too is any of the um, uh, the details on the table, like for example, gates or doors that kind of pop up and down from the bottom, um, that's difficult to judge when you're looking directly down on the table, whether that, that gate is up or whether it's down. So it's kind of neat. And so, so it gives the table sort of a flat appearance. But with the push of the C button at any time, real time as you're playing, you can, you can flip it to, um, to like, a, like, a, like an actual standing at the table sort of perspective. So you're looking down, you've got a bit of a, a perspective on, on the table, and that way you do get to see the entire table as you play. So obviously the advantage is you get to see everything. The disadvantage is the further up you're looking at your, your table, the, you know, the less that you're able to see because, I mean, it's all there, but it's, it gets smaller and smaller, obviously, your perspective. So uh, you don't get to see as much detail as when you're playing it. Uh, with the 2D perspective, but still it's kind of cool that you can flip on the fly and I did notice a couple of uh, Neat ways that this is implemented. So one of the tables it was called might and magic I believe and magic was spelt funny so that there would be no, you know copyright infringements or anything Yeah, between the actual might and magic <laughs> Right exactly. So in the upper left corner of that particular table There's like a castle. Okay, and inside the castle are three bumpers so if you can get the ball uh, into the castle through just a single archway there it'll bounce around in there for quite a bit of time and you'll rack up a lot of points if you're playing it overhead in 2d mode you can see that perfectly obviously but if you're playing it from the regular standing at the table 3d perspective then the entire view is obscured by the rampart of the castle so it's kind of neat because it sort of makes you uh, switch between the two views as appropriate. So at times I found myself enjoying the 2D view more, and at times I found the 3D view a lot more, um, you know, practical. Um, and just one other thing to mention about the switching of the views, if you ever happen to trigger a multi-ball session or situation, then the game automatically switches to the uh, 3D view because you need to see the whole table. Because if your balls are all over the place, how do you keep track of them, right? I, hate I that. can't believe I just happens. said that. Yeah, I, yeah. Like it's... <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I guess I had the, I had the really the polar opposite. I this is actually my least favorite pinball game. I thought the flippers and the 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 actual physics just feel too weird. Like the ball feels like it's like fine one moment, then it's like going a bajillion miles an hour the next, and. For for some reason, like I'm watching Dave play right now, and he's, it seems like he's suffering the same thing. Where for some reason it'll just gravitate the ball directly into the gutter for no apparent reason, and there's no, there's no safe, there's no feeling of safeness, and it just, like I tried both modes. I tried 2D and hated it. That's like, I hated that mode so much. It made it I so love difficult. it for seeing the detail on the board. It's nice. Mm -hmm, it's nice mm -hmm. to to be able to really see like some of the artwork that went into this. And you can actually tell that they did, you know, put thought into these boards. They're kind of, but then uh, like, yeah. like Pat said, yeah, it's like this Not ball is like, playing it's it. like a roller coaster or something yeah. like that. Like it, it's like no real pinball game moves like that. 
I think this is like a tragedy tale for the pinball games because the tables are extremely well designed and I think the physics are fine, but neither of the two views you have are playable in my opinion. The top-down view yeah. is too fast to react and you're constantly missing the the balls with your flippers because it's hard to see where it's going. Yeah, and, and for some reason the timing is just even poor on that. It like, is. I can't yeah. like the time I expect is just garbage. It's ju- it's just a disappointment because it had like the actually the only board I hated on this was the the clown one or the circus one. That was literally the worst board I've ever played in any pinball game and even any physical one. I hated that board. Hated it. The uh the per- the point of view view uh, where it's you in front of the pinball in my opinion is also kind of unplayable because unlike a lot of these other games. I don't think Hyper Pinball respects the top half of the table being difficult to see in a video game. Um, And it puts so much stuff up there and so many extra flippers and little mini pinball tables up there that uh, unless you're playing in the top-down view, which is already not really playable, you can't really see what's going on up there. It does have like one, two, three, or four player modes, though. That's cool. That is nice. Um, and I think the, t- the I do think the tables here are really well designed though. Like if these were in real life, like I'd be all about playing them. I think this is kind of the line of where if you were to rank all the pinball games, this would be like the bridge between good and bad. Um, I would say this is the worst one. See, and I loved it. I loved it. You know, I thought uh, like just behind the two Kaze efforts, I thought this was a very very close second behind uh the digital pinball games um you had mentioned dave the four players so i did try that out and it can be up to four players and it is just passing the controller down it isn't that you need four separate controllers or anything like that Mm -hmm. um you you know this game of all games made me think geez wouldn't it have been cool if all the pinball games had tate mode like I how brilliant would that have that been? That would have been awesome. I am mm-hmm. shocked that none of them do. At least to my knowledge, mm-hmm. I don't think any of them do. That would have been such an obvious, like, yes, do this, please thing. Like it would have right. fit perfectly. You'd be able to see more of the table. How come they didn't do that? I want to turn my TV sideways for pinball, but the game just probably probably the irresponsibility. I don't think there's any games in the West that actually had that, or at least had a disclaimer. Because I know, uh, I think a couple. There's a PlayStation shoot 'em up. I remember it's like. A warning saying, do not ter- turn your TV without your parents' permission or some- something like that? Well, some of the, like, Galactic Attack on the Saturn, uh, the American release does let you play with your TV sideways. It does have a Tate uh-huh. mode. Some of them do, but not all. Well, I just want to say, so um, positives are that uh, you can change the controller configuration so that now, uh, so that you can actually fire the flippers with the left D-pad and the B button, and then that makes it so that your tr- your r and l triggers become your tilt okay uh okay. So oh yeah that, that was what i was gonna say is that i hated the default for the the shoulder right. buttons because i mean it's easily changed yeah. though so i don't strike that against the game it's just they they decided to go with the shoulder bumpers as the flippers and i can kind of see i mean other games have done that before so it's not like you know unique to them um and then the other thing is um it does have these little mini games that happen up on the digital dot matrix screen. Like there was a I'm I'm playing the uh the monster mash or whatever. It's like the Frankenstein table and uh there's like a little there was a little um a mini game of avoiding the ghosts so you're like on a minecart ride and you're trying to like f- basically flip over from left, middle or right uh to to avoid the ghosts and rack up a a higher score. So I think little touches like that are great. But there is this thing that happens to the ball when it comes 
so first of all, Pat mentioned the like erratic kind of almost like roller coastery kind of ball physics, you know, it's way too fast, first of all. And then second of all, when the ball comes down and makes contact with the flipper, sometimes it almost gets sticky. Like it almost, uh, it you'll, you'll hit it and it'll like come right back down. Like it's almost like, st- uh, the collision, the coating on the collision made it so that it's almost like stick sticks to the flippers a little bit. It's really weird. Uh, it happened. It doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's like super annoying. <laughs> so that's a negative, you know, but, uh, but yeah, art-wise, I think that uh, this game has a lot going for it. Do you know there's also, if you trigger certain events or situations on any of the tables, like for example, a ball lock, you get like, it. it the game pauses for a good four or five seconds and it loads in a full motion video animation. And it's this animation of your ball going down, you know, a certain tube or whatever. And then depending on the table you're in, you know, your ball locks and it looks really cool. The video quality is actually super awesome and it looks super slick, but it absolutely just kills any momentum or continuity while you're playing. So in your options, though, you can turn animations off and that's what that is. It turns off those those special FMV animations and you, you can only trigger them if you do like a ball lock or whatever. And I'm sure in 1996, when this game came out, those were just mind-blowing. But, like, I mean, I turned them off fairly quickly because it just, it takes five seconds to load in and that pause just kind of kills everything. You know what I mean? Like, it just wrecks your momentum. So, they're in there. But, uh, like, if this was a movie and you were the director, you would cut these scenes right away. And you would probably include them in your, like, cut content because they're great on their own, but they just don't quite, they don't quite fit in. So, and, and just an overall impression for me. So obviously I've made my point that I like the game very much. I think it's great. However, um, I guess just to add to that, I would say that it, it, it feels as if this was a game where the programmers really tried to make a very realistic simulation. They wanted to make it look really good. They wanted to, and largely I think they succeeded. I'm not going to say it's the best pinball game because I don't think it is, but I think largely they, they did a good job. The tables are colorful. There's a lot of content, and I do think it's quality content as well. So there's a couple of pinball games that we weren't that weren't assigned to individual people, that um, instead we all gave a shot, and um, neither of these came out in the U.S. First one we'll talk about is Pinball Graffiti, um, which I believe this is the only pinball game on Saturn with some creamy 3D graphics. Creamy 3D graphics. We got use of polygons all over the pinball table and the camera just goes all over the place. It's nuts and it even has a plot. Um, one of the uh, one of the plot lines is you're a basketball player and you get in some terrible car accident and it basically prevents you from being able to play basketball you you were you were going to be at the top of your game you're going to be one of the best basketball players there ever was but now you got in this terrible car accident so you can't play basketball anymore and so the story mode has you playing a basketball themed pinball machine because you're instead going to live out your glory days being a pinball champion (laughs) it's it's kind of funny that this has plot and it's like there's an actual story mode with like little mini games and dialogue things that you can follow along with um, if you play the Japanese version, it's not nearly accessible, but if you're not into the story mode, you can just play the regular pinball tables too. 
Um, I had a lot of fun with this one, though, and I actually thought it was quite good. Uh, it's probably the most simplistic in terms of like the tables themselves, but I think it does what it does extremely well. And the basketball one in particular, I found very fun and addicting. And a lot of the sound effects sounded like basketball, and it, it was actually fun. What did you guys think of it? I thought it was really good, personally. I was surprised at first, but it felt really good. I, I, it wasn't the most realistic one, but I mean, or like in terms of the, the way that it rolled, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. it. It looked the best one besides the the money. The graphics looked a bit muddy, but besides that, the, the the all the polygon stuff looked great and all the setup. So I thought it was good. I wasn't the biggest fan of the basketball theme, but I know they had different tables. And I thought it was really bold that they did that story mode. Although that's kind of cool and it's kind of unique for a pinball uh, game to do something of that nature. Right, exactly. It's just you like, see that. play pinball. I was a huge fan of the basketball table. I, I liked it a lot. And uh, this is by Pack-In Video, which would become Victor Interactive Software. They did a bunch of games, like a ton, uh, a crap ton of games before they even worked on like games for the Saturn. But they did Wangan Dead Heat, which is a game that comes to mind. Uh, it's a fun one that I've imported. Um, and then they also did Wangan Dead Heat uh, Real Arrange and uh, this game. <laughs> and then like subsequent games after they became, after they became Victor Interactive. So another game that these guys developed was uh, Dungeon Master Nexus on the Saturn. They also published Steep Slope Sliders, even though Cave developed that one. They, they actually published it. They did Falcom Classics Collection. They did a ton of PlayStation games. If we're you know, looking at PlayStation games, it looks like they did a ton of those. But yeah, I, I really like this game. I really like the what what Nick refers to as creamy 3D graphics. Creamy 3D graphics. We're talking Saturn's, you know, uh, quirky, you know, 2D sprites as 3D graphic, you know, perspective corrected uh, 3D graphics. It, it just has that kind of. I love it. I really do. I love how they do the ball cam, you know, and how they, you, you know, there are actually different uh, video modes that you can select. Um, there's one that's like super dynamic and it just like follows the ball. It's almost unplayable. <laughs> but, oh, I'm but, sure. Oh, yeah. Geez. But it really shows off those creamy 3D graphics of this benchmark of engineering excellence. Sega Saturn, the benchmark of engineering excellence. Yeah, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Now, this is the one that I didn't get a chance to play. So, uh, yeah, but it looks amazing i like how it does the ball cam and like you say the creamy graphics are are right on the nail <laughs> i'd recommend this one for its fun factor it's not realistic but no. it, it is very fun i had a great time playing this so yeah um i i think the basketball table is like the only like really good one i don't like the clown one and the card one's fine but the basketball right. one I, i'm not into basketball it's just the, the pinball table for it was very good um I like the yeah. clown. I like the clown table in that it emphasizes the juggling aspect. Well, um, right. It the table is basically good. mirrored, you know, so both sides are just like a mirror of each other and you're able and it has ramps on the top so that you can basically juggle the ball from one flipper to the other. And that's kind of the point. And when you do that and you get the hang of it, um, that's where you really rack up points on that table. But I, so, yeah, I like that. And I like how the basketball one where the where the basketball table kind of does like a tip off, you know, for, for the uh, yeah. the ball launch. It just really leans into the whole, uh, you know, aesthetic and the whole like theme of it. You know, it, it plays I, up its basketball theme very well.
this is honestly a game I would like to probably buy for my collection. I, I, it's a complete uh, blind spot for me. Not one that I ever gave any second thought. And I know actually um, that quite a few of our UK uh, counterparts in like the junkyard and stuff have mentioned this game over the years as being like a good value or a, a cheap pickup at, at Sex, you know, which is their game store. There's um, sex shops. There's sex shops. <laughs> But and I mean I don't know I when we were on the cast the other day James was looking up uh, listings and I think he said that a full a complete in box listing was going for around a hundred bucks so that might just be the fact Ouch. that Saturn, Saturn games have gone up in price in yeah. you know all all across the board but uh, then again he said that a disc only copy of this was you know about ten pounds or something like that so. It's it maybe it's one of those ones that's all over the place. I'd have to look at sold listings, but I'm interested in maybe uh, picking up a a copy just so I can do scans and actually like try try to create like a U.S. version of this because I like it a lot. Alrighty, so uh, why don't we talk about the obscure game of the cast, which is kind of funnily enough, this actually isn't my favorite game, despite what it's uh what it's based on, like what its sort of genre is, which is uh, fantastic pinball. Um, so this one was interesting. It was a really weird Japanese game. I never really heard of it before. I think Dave was the person that showed it to me, and it's very anime esque. It's like a, it kind of gives you the vibe of um, of Devil's Crush and the other games like that on the Turbo Graphics. A very anime anime esque. It's it's basically just a fun. It's not really like a realistic or like sort of a hardcore pinball game. It's more like a fun fun anime what if board. Pin- pinball game so basically it's a you pick like a character like a it's like an rpg and you pick one of the characters and you shoot the ball and uh, it has three different levels it has like a uh, a heaven it has a um uh purgatory area and then it has hell below that with with some <laughs> yep. good suck the good suck down there so a succubus down there on the the side and this cool little guy in the top hat looks like the devil with little little teeth coming out but uh yeah surprisingly enough i didn't really uh, like it as much as I imagine it would be compared to these other pinball games. But uh, uh, what did you guys think of it? I think, you know, it reminded me a lot of Pokemon pinball. Um, mm. I, I did like the three tiered table bit quite a bit. And I thought it had a lot of fun mini games. Like sometimes your ball goes somewhere and then a loading screen appears and then you're playing your pinball table turns into a soccer field and there's like some demon guy who's the goalie and you got to get the ball past him he's got little mummies as his defenders and it's like stuff like that and then i one thing i noticed i there in the middle tier pinball uh tape table there's a little dinosaur that can eat your ball and that'll actually kill you you'll lose a ball <laughs> if the dinosaur eats eats it and there's a lot of stuff like that um there was one thing where like at the top there was like a uh, a floating table in like the heaven tier where it was like five like you know those like russian doll things dancing around with like a choaniki sprite dancing in the middle of it and you had to like get hit them all with your pinball like there's a lot of stuff like that just really crazy out there kind of like you know if, if you're into parodius you will be likely into fantastic pinball um similar type of funny stuff Fantastic Proteus. Uh, 
Now, Nick, yeah, Nick picks up and references Pokemon Pinball, which I think is hilarious because the game that I was going to reference is Sonic Spinball uh, because yes. it just, you know yes. how you uh, mix a little bit of genres together and come out with something. And this is what this game feels like, you know, so it, it's it's very unique in the way that it's kind of combining pinball with kind of a. It's, I don't even know what you would even call it, really, but it's definitely got its own kind of uh, feel to it and its own little uh, strategy and attitude and, you know, and definitely that anime vibe with Parodius and all that good stuff that every, everybody loves, you know, so um, or or some some of y'all don't. I mean, <laughs> you know, so y'all got your different flavors there, but it's definitely very unique. And uh, I, I think it was uh, interesting and fun. I liked it, too. Yeah, totally agree with that. Well, um, okay. So for those of you who got into it and played it, like, did you really notice uh, a significant difference on the character select? Uh, because you've got like this blue, what looks to be like a knight character. Then you got like a red mage girl, and then you've got like a green goblin boy or whatever. I I tried seeing if there was a difference and I could not find a difference between the three playable characters. I actually noticed that I played a lot better with the green guy, like the same, it's like different ball effects. But yeah, the green guy I played better as. The other two I was kind of the same as, but it seems like the, the green guy has like some ability to make, the, I guess, the ball at least harder or something like that, or a lot more tough. So he's a turtle, and I guess he has like a shell or something like that. that that's what I'm seeing right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, and whereas the other ones, I, I do I as well do better with the green guy. And it does say in the description text, like one to five, like I don't know. There are numbers associated with, uh, like, when you choose the blue guy, it says, like, three. I'm not, my Japanese is so rusty. Maybe Peter would know this. But, yeah, there. I think there definitely is a difference between these players. I just don't know what it is. And I usually gravitate towards the green guy, like Pat said. Although the paddles were kind of, like, uh, weak, it seemed kind of, like, sluggish and kind of light in in comparison to, like, the other games. But maybe that was just me, but... uh... Yeah, I, I kind of give it a pass because it's more of a an entertainment game. is more of a fun pinball game. It's a hardcore, this is actual pinball, realistic. Like something that would be realistic. And I kind of like the, that break from that. Because like the fantasy boards that they could never really do in real life. But uh, yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. One thing that's really weird is when you get up into the heaven area, there's like, it, it blows your ball around. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, there's like a, it's really windy and it blows your ball all all over the place. Kind of hard to control, but it's an interesting uh, it's, it's an interesting mechanic. Feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is uh, it's it might not be safe for work uh, <laughs> because of like you said the succubus and uh, every time you uh, every time you uh, yeah I don't how do I say this oh, delicately. Yeah. Yeah, so you can jiggle some things here and there. <laughs> her her breasticles, right? Her breasticles do jiggle anytime the ball hits her. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's one of those games. It's like it's like Nick was saying with the with Parodius. It's gonna satisfy those people. <laughs> it's gonna satiate them, you mean? It's gonna satiate those people. And you know who I'm talking about. Nice. Ah. Yep, so before we go, why don't we, uh, I guess, go around the table and sort of rank our, the pinball games. Uh, did you want to start us off, Dave? 
Sure, sure. Um, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna go ahead and say that Necronomicon. Uh, it lives up to the hype, uh, which sometimes isn't the case, but I think it's definitely one of those games that you'd have to be crazy not to like once you really sit down with it. It's just that good. Um, I definitely loved, like as a second kind of uh, out of nowhere surprised me was uh, Pinball Graffiti. I kind of want to get a physical copy of it. I, I had a lot of fun with it, much more than I expected. And then Fantastic Pinball, just for just for giggles, it's definitely not to be taken seriously at all, but um, it's a fun game and uh, it's got some cutesy little things going for it. So I enjoyed it for sure. And then after that, I, I guess I would just say Last Gladiators is totally a solid pinball game that folks should consider. Um, if they can get it cheap, it's well, well worth it. Otherwise, just burn it anyway, because it's totally good. And then uh, after that, I'm going to say Pro Pinball the Web and then uh, Hyper 3D Pinball, and then lastly, True Pinball, which was just a true pile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Ben? Okay, so uh, my order of the pinball games, my favorite was absolutely Necronomicon. And uh, behind that, I like the same developer, Last Gladiators. And then uh, going on, it w- I would rank them probably around Pro Pinball um, with the uh, the web. Uh, it's only one stage, and I always felt like there was, you know, it'd be interesting if they came out with more tables and all that. But Pro Pinball uh, in that position. Then I would say moving over to Fantastic Pinball with, the, you know, all the artsiness and the Good Omens vibes. And uh, then Graffiti Pinball would obviously be on that chart, but I didn't get a chance to play that, so we're not going to put that one on there. And... Um, uh, the real pinball would be the one that I would say last, even though I did still enjoy that one. It's just a, it's just not quite up to parts of the rest of them. All right. Sounds good. All right. Um, I guess in my opinion, the top ranking is the tie between last Gladiator and Necronomicon. They're both fantastic. And, and I feel they're both one in the same in a way. So it's kind of hard. So it's definitely either one or two or both number one. Uh, number two, definitely Fantastic Pinball. I thought it was a ton of fun, um, and it was a break for the, the hardcore seriousness of the gameplay. Uh, number three, of course, is a, is Pinball Graffiti. I thought it looked really great. It was beautiful, and the concept was great. I love the the storyline and how that goes about, and there's so much great and good on that game. Uh, and I guess the lower the lower tier, uh, Pro Pinball, still thought it was quite nice. Uh, not as good as the other ones, but it's still still pretty solid. A little lackluster in some ways, but you know it's not too bad. And then of course, uh, I guess a two way tie of hell between True Pinball and Hyper Three D Pinball. They're just not that good. I didn't enjoy either one of them for the most part. So either if I had to pick the least favorite, definitely uh, probably Hyper Three D Pinball. Um, if I was going to rank the games, I would give it a tie, um, like a tie for first place between Necronomicon and uh, Last Gladiators. And then in third place, I would actually put Hyper 3D Pinball. So, you, you know, I guess it really just depends on what you're looking for out of a pinball game, because some people will love it like I do. And I would just put it just a hair behind the other two. And some people will hate it like Pat. So, you know, maybe try before you buy. Um but, uh, you know, it's certainly got, it's, it won me over. And then just as a special category, I would also throw in uh, um, Fantastic Pinball Q10 Kai. It was, it's sort of like everybody said, it's kind of like Pokemon Pinball. It's kind of got, it's kind of like um, 
Sonic Spinball, or even the more recent uh, Yoku's Island Express. So it's kind of, you know, it's lots of different choices. It's surprising, really, how much pinball you can have on the Saturn. But uh, uh, in my opinion, there's no real, total, horrible stinker. Well, no, that's a lie. True pinball is a stinker. But mm. most of the games are really quite good. I think that Necronomicon's the top, followed closely by Last Gladiators. Um, and then I'd put in Fantastic Pinball for third. Pinball, pinball Graffiti in fourth, Hyper 3D fifth, Pro Pinball sixth, and True Pinball in dead last. Now, I am impressed with how many of these pinball games are actually, like, at least decent, most good even. I yeah. would say that Hyper 3D and Pro Pinball, even though they're ranked sixth and fifth, they're both still good. They're just not nearly as fun as the others. True Pinball is the only stinker. That's the only one you that's i don't think is worth anyone's time so yeah that's all the pinball games we're doing extreme sports games in the next episode spoiler alert they're all ski and snowboard no ska music no ska music we're gonna be putting our balls away and taking out our skateboards i guess and that's right taking off the wheels taking the wheels off the boards and hitting the slopes in the alps sliding down some snowy mountains Will they be any good? That's for us to decide. We'll find out. They might not be as good as these pinball games. Maybe they will be. Who knows? Tune in every Friday, 12.30 p.m. Pacific for Shiro Show, where uh, we talk about Saturn news from the week. And uh, we do a game stream. So we'll probably be playing some uh, some winter sports games. <laughs> or extreme, extreme sports games, I should say. Works. And uh, definitely check out Pandemonium's reviews. He just dropped the new one in Parodius. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. So watch that. Uh, check out uh, Peter's articles and everyone else's articles on the Sega on Sega If you guys want to get involved, definitely uh, join our Discord. Uh, the link's going to be in all the descriptions of our videos and podcasts. So if you want to hop in, say hi, uh, give us criticism, feel free to do so. I guess that's it, everybody. So uh, remember, you must play Sega Saturn Shiro. See you guys later. Yeah.